0: of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on ScoreNorth and ScoreNorth.com.
1: Bonus scoop time. That means it's Zolgad. Doogie, our guy with the scoops and executive producing, is always, Declan Goff. And Doogie, I want to get right to it. You set off a a bleep storm, I would say. A bleep storm. Ben Simmons and the, the Wolves, who have been tied together since it basically came out that the uh, 76ers are going to trade him. You advanced the story in your last Scoop podcast, and I think it got picked up by just about everybody who writes about the NBA. What can you tell us in your reporting about Ben Simmons possibly landing with the Timberwolves?
0: The aggregators, Judd, loved aggregate, but I suppose that is not necessarily a bad thing. I know some other reporters in town have picked up on that steam. So I reached out. I showed you the text message back and forth. So you are my witness, Judd. This goes back to last Thursday. Now, even to this day, I think there's still maybe even a pro day or two in Chicago, maybe through tomorrow, Wednesday. But anyway, all the league executives are in Chicago. They were last week for the draft combine. So inevitably, you know, chatter starts to pick up. And so I reached out to somebody incredibly close to the situation verbatim. I said, hey, and again, this was Thursday early afternoon. I said, hey, how badly do you sense that the Wolves want to trade for Ben Simmons? This individual sent back one word. It was badly. (laughs) Now, do I think that's breaking news, Judd? I mean... My sense is the Ben Simmons interest has been there for a while. I suggested on one of our podcasts in the last week or two that Gerson Rosas of the Wolves has brought up that name going back many, many months. That at one point when James Harden was still in Houston, that Daryl Morey, who now runs the 76ers, somebody that Gerson worked with in Houston, is incredibly close with, that Morey made Ben available. That Daryl Morey was trying to bring James Harden before he was traded to the Nets, To Philadelphia. So Ben's name was out there. So at some point along the way, the Wolves, Gerson, who typically goes big star hunting, maybe not every single big star, but just about any big star that's made available or seems to be made available, Gerson is going to check in on that player. So my sense is he has checked in on Ben going back many, many months. So, yeah, in this instance, when all signs point to Philadelphia eventually moving Simmons, I do think it happens this summer that, yeah, the Wolves are going to be involved. Now, can they trump what Portland can offer, what some other teams can offer? You know, I know one national reporter suggests that New Orleans has interest, that they would put Brandon Ingram. On the table, can the Wolves put together a package that trumps the potential of what New Orleans can put on the table? Does Portland make C.J. McCollum available? Heck, there was that Chris Haynes Yahoo report in the last seventy-two to ninety-six hours about Damian Lillard yep. potentially having some issues with everything taking place in Portland. Could it get to the point of Lillard eventually asking out? If so, would Portland entertain the idea of moving Lillard for Simmons plus more? You wouldn't do that one-for-one trade. If you're Portland, so myriad possibilities, but make no mistake about this. I am confident, more so confident today than I was Thursday when I got the initial or the new steam. The initial steam goes back, I'm telling you, Judd, many, many, many months, but I feel more confident today than I did last Thursday. That the Wolves are going to be involved in Ben Simmons trade talks.
1: Where I think all hell broke loose, though, from your report was the word badly. Because that takes it from, oh yeah, you know, we'd love to get him, but we're gonna offer you X, Y, and Z to badly means what's it gonna take at least. Like, so that that's where I think that this goes from there's going to be a bunch of players potentially team-wise in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes to the Timberwolves might see themselves as, you know, let's say there's three to five teams really at the end, the Wolves being one of those three to five teams.
0: Let's break down exactly what badly could potentially mean. Mm -hmm. Would you offer Anthony Edwards? No. no, Judd, I see Anthony Edwards here in October. I I do not foresee a scenario where the Wolves are moving Anthony Edwards to end up with Ben Simmons. So let's take Anthony Edwards off the table. The most common question on my social media feeds is D'Angelo Russell, right? That Russell has that big salary, that with less years, Philadelphia would take back less money, that D'Angelo Russell with some of their shooting hurdles there in Philadelphia, that Russell, in theory, could help the Sixers, that what about Russell plus maybe a little bit more for Ben Simmons? I'm just telling you, Judd, my sense is that Gerson would love to team Ben Simmons with D'Angelo Russell, that the two played together in high school, that there's a friendship there, a relationship that's already in place, that the Wolves to land Ben Simmons, I think they want to go some other route, that the idea would be Ben Simmons comes here and Russell is here. Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to Philadelphia in a Ben Simmons trade, okay, so... Logically speaking, you have the Ricky Rubio expiring contract. You have Malik Beasley. It's a fourth year team option. So really you can look at it and say two years left. Yes. Off the court issues. But when he's playing like 25 years old with his scoring acumen, like there's a lot to like about Malik Beasley, the player, not necessarily on the defensive end, you know, but offensively he could help Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Then what? Jaden McDaniels, multiple first round picks. Like to me, to be able to trump what some other teams can offer and will offer, the Wolves will need to put two future first round picks minimum on the table. But I think that, logically speaking, is what we're looking at. That it's Beasley, it's that Rubio expiring contract that maybe ends up going to a third team that That's what that, I was gonna say. Could could this be yeah. a three team trade? It 100% could be. Heck, it could be a four-team trade. Sachin yep. Gupta, right? Trade machine guy. Yeah. Wolves, he's number two in command right in their front office. He almost got the Sacramento Kings job yep. a year ago. He's highly thought of across the league. Like, he used to be in Philadelphia, right? But that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, like if you it looped in a third and or, to your point, fourth team, now it could be the, the Beasley, Beazley, Rubio's contract, a couple draft picks, possibly going with one going to Philadelphia, one going elsewhere. I, I just could see them definitely getting creative here.
0: Yeah, I think they will try to get creative. Let me remind you, though, Judd, I would say about 98% of three and 14 deals concocted going back four, five, six, seven years, 98 to 99% of those deals concocted never take place. It's just sure. its so hard to execute especially a four-team trade, maybe three-team, a little bit better chance. But, yeah, I'm positive the Wolves are going to concoct ideas like that, that they're going to find a way where they can keep Russell, keep Edwards, keep Cat, bring Simmons here, and, you know, pretty much everybody else is on the table. And, yeah, I love Jada McDaniels, but to me, if you have a chance to bring in Ben Simmons and you need to put Jada McDaniels on the table you probably do so, and you might end up regretting that in a couple years. I love that kid's ceiling, but I think at this point, with the window relatively open for the Wolves to make a significant leap up, you would have to do it. What other hurdle, Judd, is where the Wolves are at luxury tax-wise. Now, right now, they're only about three to $4 million below that luxury tax line. Is Glenn Taylor willing to once again, he did a year ago, when they initially made the Russell trade, where did that get him? Like normally you go into luxury tax territory when you're knocking on the door of being a conference finalist, right? Like you feel like you have a team that can make a run to the Western Conference Finals. Right? Not when you're trying to make the leap from 13th or 14th in the Western Conference to the top 10 or the top 8. So that's another hurdle to keep an eye on. How can the Wolves stay below that luxury tax line?
1: That's a really good point, but you also have the problem coming out of the pandemic and the Wolves being the Wolves of Wanting to be relevant as possible. Um, behind the scenes, Dukes, what's going on here, too? Like, is the Lori A Rod group going to have some say here in things? Because I'm sure that eventually, when they do have a bigger say, they're going to want to make some type of substantial splash because you're not going to get a new building if you just say, hey, we're parading the same old team out. What's your feeling about what's going to go on behind the scenes here with important decisions, and is it going to change at all from how it was with Glenn as we start to transition a little bit to the new group?
0: I agree on that. The last time I talked to Glenn on the record, first or second week of May, he made it very clear that the idea was before the league approves this Lori Arod transaction that he was going to bring them on board in some capacity. I didn't do a deep dive on exactly what that meant, But he made it pretty clear they are going to be involved. So at this point, as we sit here on June 29th, in Glenn's mind, the way Glenn described it to me, although fluid situation with everything taking place thereafter that conversation with the litigation happening right now with Meyer Orbach and that, you know, sticky wicket. But yeah, I mean, Glenn made it pretty clear that A-Rod and Mark are going to be involved. So yeah, you know, my sense is yes, to some extent. Now when it comes to... To personnel matters, you know, trade possibilities. I'm not quite sure I'm I'm to that point now on the overall transaction and when the league might approve that Judd. OK, so the idea before the litigation was July that the Board of Governors regularly meets. I don't have the specific date, but the NBA Board of Governors has a July meeting set up that the A-Rod Lori transaction would be approved at that July Board of Governors meeting. But really, let's just think about this logically, Judd. Do you really believe that the Board of Governors will be given the opportunity to approve or disapprove when this litigation is still hovering? No. Like, I have a hard time believing that. Plus, there are still questions, Judd, about A-Rod and Lori having the finances. That that if they really did have the full finances, would they only be buying in right this second at 20%, Right. That, yeah, would there really point. be this two and a half year? No, I don't think transition. So. Now, I've always said that two and a half year transition is fluid. That two and a half could turn into two or twenty months or something like that. But that was always around the idea that Mark and A Rod still need to get their finances fully in order. Now, Mark Lori's personal wealth is is it's impressive, right? But that doesn't mean he's got access immediately to all that money. Right. So that's yet another hurdle when talking about. Could you know, fall Glenn apart? And, and Mark and a and Right, Could, could it fall apart? apart? At this point, Judd, I would not rule out any scenario. I wouldn't, right? When they still need to get their finances in order, uh, yeah, of course it could fall apart, right? It absolutely could. And the New York Post had a lengthy piece 24 to 48 hours ago. Now, I don't think every detail in that New York Post piece is 100% accurate. Like, they wrote that some Wolves officials in the last month or two, were seen with A-Rod in Coral Gables, Florida. I'm told, no, that Wolves officials were not with A-Rod in Coral Gables. Have they been with A-Rod? They have, but that was more so in Naples going back many, many weeks, going back more so to April, sure. maybe into May. I don't have a sense that Wolves officials have been with A-Rod in the last couple weeks, at least in person. I'm sure they've had maybe some some virtual-type meetings. But, yeah, could it fall apart? Yeah, like I can't sit here, Judd, and tell you 100% yeah, this thing is is going through. Not with this litigation, you know, unsettled at this point with, with Meyer Orbach putting everything out into the open. More Wolves scoops. Well, I mean, right now they're getting ready for this draft workout here in town, July 8th to 11th. The Utah Jazz are helping finance it, but every team will be invited. The idea is for the Wolves to bring in, the Jazz to bring in. It'll be here in Minneapolis about 40 to 50 prospects over a four-day window. The Wolves right now don't have a draft pick, but there's a lot of teams open-minded to moving picks, like New Orleans, for example. New Orleans is open-minded to moving their lottery pick. Not that the Wolves are acquiring New Orleans lottery pick, but there are second-round picks to be had. So the Wolves are doing their due diligence. They've already had upwards of 10 draft prospects in town Mm -hmm. for workouts. Then I talked about the Combine last week, then the last couple days, You know, the Wolves have had heavy representation at some of these pro day workouts. A lot of these agencies are doing their pro days in Chicago. It's different than years past just because of the pandemic, you know, instead of, you know, one legacy sports who represents, well, they used to represent Jericho Sims, the Minneapolis native, the former Texas Longhorn. That's another story that he's going through an agency change right now, which is, I don't think a good look and. His agents had done a lot of good work for him getting a bunch of workouts. But anyway, instead of one legacy sports doing their their agency workout in a couple weeks, probably out in Los Angeles, but maybe somewhere else, they're just doing it all in Chicago. Now, some of the agencies are not, like Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, who represents, by the way, Ben Simmons, represents Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Anthony Edwards. Clutch Sports is going to do a pro day for its draft prospects in a couple weeks in L.A. And while my understanding is NBA teams can attend, Clutch sports like last year with Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey is going to work out a TV agreement with ESPN, where their pro day will be televised. I know them. Wasserman with Jalen Suggs, you know they'll do something mm-hmm. separately. You know, maybe sending out video to teams or you know if you're if you're Jalen Suggs representation at Wasserman, you know you're probably looking at okay, you know we're we're going to work with Toronto at pick four, we'll work with Cleveland at pick three, Houston at pick two. Detroit to pick one, but there's no reason to work with teams really even below four. Maybe you work with Orlando at five, but you're not like dealing with the team teams in the teens and the twenties. But yeah, if you're one of those elite draft prospects, you know typically teams go to you. You don't go to them. It's like the Wolves last year when they met with you know Ball multiple times, met with Edwards multiple times, they met with Tyrese Halliburton multiple times. That was all where those guys were training. But yeah, otherwise. You know, the Wolves, you know, finalized their front-of-the-bench staff. No surprise, you know, from listening to us, Mike Nori on board. Joseph Blair will run the defense. Pablo Prigioni is retained. He's going to help out with the offense. The Wolves are still going to add a guy or two for the back of the bench. They still need to hire an Iowa Wolves coach. You know, otherwise, you've got the guys committed to the Olympics with Joshua Kogi with Team Nigeria and Rubio and Hernan Gomez. You know, so that's ramping up here, you know, pretty quick. Anthony Edwards is playing for the USA Select team out in Vegas. So he'll get to scrimmage against, you know, Bradley Beal and the rest of, of Team USA, Jason Tatum. So that will be a great learning experience for Edwards. Some guys have been in town in and out the last few weeks. I know Jaden McDaniels was here for a bit. Nas Reed was here for a bit. I think Jalen Noel. Yeah, Jalen Noel was here in town for a bit. So it's a good time for, for guys to get into Mayo Clinic Square and just get some one-on-one time with the coaches, but otherwise it's trade season. Like trade season is on. We saw the Kemba Walker trade. Like if the wolves want to make a trade for Ben Simmons today, Mm -hmm. they could. So like trade talk is, is happening at a, at a pretty brisk pace right now, as we head into late July with the draft. And then what is it? Late July or, or like the first, Day of August or the first week of August when free agency ramps up.
1: Oh my gosh, who lives in that cabin? What's wrong with their lakeshore? Look at all those weeds. Oh, that is the worst cabin on the lake.
0: Don't be such a busybody. Excuse me? They must not know about Aquaside.
1: Is that what we use?
0: Yep, just one application of Aquaside each spring keeps our lakeshore weed free. Shh. Don't be that cabin this summer on your lake. Eliminate lake weeds this summer with Aquaside pellets. I should tell them about Aquaside.
1: oh now who's the busybody?
0: Call 1 800 321 89350 or go
1: to aquaside.com. Speaking of talks, talk to me about Harrison Smith and the Vikings. Smith has what a year left on his contract but no guaranteed money for 2021 and I think there's been an expectation there that an extension might get done.
0: Yeah, I don't even think it's might Jed. I think it gets done. I wouldn't be surprised if it's done. Maybe it's on the eve of of when they report to training camp in 1 month. First day of training camp is July 28th. So, a little less than 1 month. From now, I would not be shocked. There's been enough substantial talks. I was told even the Vikings talk parameters of a deal. We can get into semantics, but money has been discussed. The Vikings want to get this done. Harrison Smith has made it very clear. He wants to remain a Viking for for as long as possible, probably end up retiring as a Viking. He currently right now is the longest tenured Viking, which is hard to believe, but now with Kyle Rudolph gone, it's Harry. So, yeah, both sides want to get a deal done. So I see a deal getting done. I don't know if the Vikings, you know, do they make him the highest paid safety? I mean, Jamal Adams is about to get paid. Uh, Honey Badger with Kansas City is looking for a new deal, and he's a couple years younger than Harry. I mean, Harry's, what, 32?
1: 30- Two years old. I think you give him a fair contract, but not the biggest one. Well, but they're going to give him a raise. Safeties.
0: Based on what he's making now, I think over the next couple of years, he's going to get a raise. Okay. Just a matter of sure. of meeting at the right number. I mean, I think the number is going to be in the neighborhood of $14 million a year. You know, but do the Vikings try to backload right. the contract? You know, so the structure of the contract still needs to be worked out. But, like, I feel pretty confident that a deal eventually will get worked out. Go for hoops. What's going well, on there? They've got a couple recruits on campus today. They have a kid from Park and Cottage Grove. Farrell Payne is his name. They've got another kid from the East Coast. I've got it written down here. Jameel Brown. He's actually in on an official visit. These are both 2022 kids. Braden Carrington of Park Center High School in the West Metro. He was on campus to watch practice yesterday. Dave Thorson watched Carrington very closely in a tournament over the weekend. In Arizona, Braden Carrington of Park Center High School is a big time priority for Ben Johnson, Dave Thorson, and the rest of the gopher staff. That they just they love his potential, they love his shooting. Demarian Watson of Totino Grace is another high priority, but you know, he's he's making the rounds. Marquette, Iowa State, and I think after July, after some more games next month, Mm -hmm. I think he may even get some more offers. Like of all the twenty twenty two kids. Here in the state, and don't get me wrong, Trey Holloman of Creighton-Durham Hall is phenomenal. Cam Heide, who just committed to Purdue, turned down the Gophers. He's from Wyzetta High School. He's phenomenal. But the player I love maybe more than anyone, and there's a lot, Judd, is Damarian Watson of Totino Grace. Used to go to Minnehaha Academy, now at Totino Grace. 6'8 wing. He can play both ends. I just I love his potential. I love where he'll be Why? in a couple of years. He's got incredible length. He's got incredible athleticism. You know, I think he's just scratching the surface. I think a Mini Haha Academy he got lost in the shuffle of playing with Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren and Prince Alleg Bay and others. And I think, you know, now under the leadership of Nick Carroll, who's an excellent coach at Totino Grace, I just think over the next year plus he's going to develop that much more. Plus, I think the growth plates are still open that he might get to six nine. I like that. Maybe even plates. upwards of six ten. Yeah, and That's he can good. handle the ball. And I just think, you know, a lot of players just don't give a crap on the defensive end. Right. He gives a crap on the defensive end. Also, when I say the twenty twenty two class, Judd, when it's all said and done, I'm not talking twenty five or thirty players from the Minnesota twenty twenty two class that are gonna end up playing high major division one. But I think there's going to be twenty five to thirty players from this state from the class of twenty twenty two that play division one basketball. Now, like Carter Bjerke, a six eight forward slash center from Wyzetta High School. He just committed to Johnny Tower and St. Thomas. So he'll play in the Summit League. So that's mid-major. Yeah. But say, say it. I mean, that's that's pretty darn impressive. So oh, like wait all, until yeah. you see the final number. Like one yeah. year from now, wait until you see the final number of all the players in this state just from the 2022 class yep. that end up playing D1 college and, basketball. And, Dukes,
1: where the state has come from and gone basketball-wise will always be a great story.
0: I, it will. And, I mean, you look at the draft class last year. You've got Tyrell Terry and Zeke Naji yep. and Daniel Oturu. And I was with Trey Jones yesterday at a charity golf event. He's in town for a few days before he goes back to San Antonio for training. Those four got drafted last year, all in the top 45. Then Freddie Gillespie doesn't get drafted, but he ends up signing a deal with the Toronto Raptors. So, Freddie got a good run at the end of the season with the Raptors. They control his rights for next season. It's a team option, but I think Freddie Gillespie will stick with the Raptors. So, that's five players from last year's draft class. Then you look at this year's draft class. Jalen Suggs is going to go in the top five. You've got McKinley Wright, who helped himself last week at the Combine. Jericho Sims, Matthew Hurt. Like, the list is is uber impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, it's nonstop. Another player is Dawson Garcia, Prior Lake High School. McDonald's All-American, just had a good year, freshman year at Marquette. So he's working out this week for the Nets, has already worked out for the Bucks and the Knicks. He took part last week in the G League Elite Camp. Unfortunately, no big men got invites to the NBA Draft Combine. So a few players from that G League Elite Camp got invited to the Draft Combine. Both events took place in Chicago. It was weird. Not one power forward got invited to the draft combine, but Dawson played well in front of scouts. I think ultimately he ends up playing another year of college basketball that Dawson Garcia one year from now can absolutely elevate himself to being a first-round, a sure-fire first-round pick. So he is now in the transfer portal. The Gophers have reached out. Ben Johnson has had productive discussions with Dawson. But do I think he is going to pick the Gophers I don't. I also don't think he's going back to Marquette. Keep in mind, out of high school, Shaka Smart tried to get him to Texas. He told Shaka Smart no in Texas. Shaka Smart is now the head coach at Marquette. I don't think one year later, all of a sudden, Dawson Garcia wants to play for Shaka Smart. Arizona would be the school that I would keep an eye on the most. They have a new coach down there. He used to be under Mark Few at Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. He helped develop Sabonis, who's an all-star now for the Indiana Pacers. He helped develop some other guys, but when you look at Sabonis, his body type, and you look at Dawson Garcia, both guys left-handed, like if I'm Dawson Garcia, I would love for that coach who helped develop Sabonis at Gonzaga to be coaching me. But if it's not Arizona, Illinois has interest, North Carolina has interest. Dawson Garcia, you can make a case right now, Judd. Now, maybe Marcus Carr is this answer, but you can make a case that today of all the players currently in the transfer portal, Dawson Garcia... Is number one. I just I love him too. Maybe I'm biased, but I'm just telling you. I think one year from now, if he gets to the right system, plays a good year in college this next year, that he'll be a first round pick one year from now. Then on the Gophers, they continue to to work on Sterling Manley. the The July seventh date is fast approaching, where guys have to make a decision: Are you in the draft or are you out of the draft? He's the transfer from North Carolina. I know the Gophers continue to work on him heavily.
1: Twins scoopage. What do you got in the Twins?
0: Well, I talked to Alex Hassan, Twins Director of Player Development, this morning, got some injury updates on some guys in the minor leagues. Royce Lewis still isn't to the point coming off the ACL of running. He has been taking swings sitting on a bucket. He has been taking some ground balls. What is he, 75 years old? Yeah, but he's just been stationary on the ground balls. So, Sounds like me. It's still going to be a little bit, but he's doing okay. But, I mean, we can cross. I think we could have when we heard of the ACL tear yeah. and the surgery that Royce he ain't playing this year. wasn't going to play this year. Now it's locked in. Royce Lewis is now playing this year. They have some other injury concerns, though. I mean, you know, one of the top pitching prospects, Joan Duran, he's now down in Fort Myers. Everything points to him not needing surgery, that it's rest and recovery. I think it's an elbow issue. He was pitching okay. In I thought same he had forearm, forearm tightness. Maybe it's forearm. You know it Which better is a than I do. a precursor
1: to Tommy John.
0: Correct. Sometimes. But I talked to Alex, okay. and I, I followed up. I said, are you sure? Are you positive right. this is trending toward no surgery? I didn't specifically name Tommy John, but I said, right. is, it, is it trending in the direction of no surgery? And he said, yes. Multiple doctors have, have looked at him. We feel confident that rest and recovery is the path. Okay. Then you've got guys like, remember their 2019 first-round pick, the kid Cavaco, out of high school. He recently suffered a concussion, got hit by a ball. I think he was in the field, Alex said, and something. I don't know if his eyesight was, was you know, he couldn't see. Something happened where he, he took a ball to the head. Oh. But anyway, he'll play in some rehab games later this week, mm-hmm. then should be back for for low-A Fort Myers, like in the next you know, four to six to, to seven days. Otherwise, I talked to Alex about Jose Miranda, who will make his AAA St. Saint Paul Saints debut tonight. He projects long-term, probably a third base, but he's played some second base, Judd. He's also played some first base based on circumstance for AA Wichita. It doesn't look like he'll play first base for St. Paul, but don't be shocked if Jose Miranda ends up playing some second base. But he tore up AA, Judd. He was a top 75 pick of the Twins in twenty sixteen out of Puerto Rico. Like he's a guy, whether it's later this year or next year, can absolutely help the Twins lineup. So if you're a Twins fan, remember that name, Jose Miranda. When it comes to the twenty six man twins major league roster, Judge, they're they're open for business, but it's still it takes two to tango. And at this point, why not just see what happens over the next seven to ten days with these games against the White Sox, all these divisional games, just see where you're at. Because it, it certainly doesn't appear that the Rays, the A's, are willing to offer a whole lot right now. You know, for example, for Nelson Cruz. right. So why not just wait a little bit longer? We still have a month to go. Like, we've been talking trades for three weeks, but we still have four weeks to go until the non-waiver trade deadline. But the Twins have all their scouts out. Heck, they've been scouting a lot of independent ball. They keep signing guys out of independent ball because they need bodies. You know, so their scouts have been out and about watching low A, high A, double A games. Heck, independent ball, if there's any free agents, that can help them. Call the twins. I just think, you know, I still put the over-under at one and a half. Like, I don't think it's going to be a fire sale. Like, I don't think Barrios is getting traded. You know, it can change, but I I just, I don't, I don't think Buxton is getting traded. I'll put the over-under, I said this last week, I, I feel the same way at one and a half. That I think one trade for sure is happening, and, and I probably would bet on two. Simmons and Cruz have to be gone. Yeah, those would be the two I'd keep an eye on. Rogers, Maybe Robles turns into three. I think Rogers is staying, too. He Jeff. can catch something. Yeah I, yeah, I know he can. I, mean, I think he's tempting. staying, too. Yeah, I, I, just, I feel right. like my sense, Judd, is from talking to Falvey recently, from talking to Hassan today, some others on background, that they feel like this is more a blip, that they can rebound in a significant way, in twenty twenty two that the farm system is pitching. in pretty good shape. Like I even saw this morning Kylie McDaniel does a great job covering the draft for ESPN.com. So he was doing a draft preview with the with the baseball draft here in a couple of weeks. And he was ranking farm system, just looking at, you know, what each organization potentially needs from a position standpoint. And just where where farm systems rank, he now I get it, it's subjective Judd, but he has the twins farm system as number five in all of baseball. So the Twins farm system is still in pretty good shape, you know. Could they have some payroll flexibility? I mean, I guess when you're thinking about after this year, Cruz off the payroll, Simmons off the payroll, Robles off the payroll, Hap off the payroll, Shoemaker off the payroll, that they probably have a little bit of money to spend come come the winter if free agency even takes place, right? With the with right. the CBA negotiations, who the heck knows what's going to take place yep. on that front come early December, but. The twins, in theory, should have some money to spend this winter. Awesome stuff, man. Talk to you soon, okay? Okay, see you, John. Bye-bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More. Save $1 each sale.